Hey, and welcome back to another special edition of Grounded. I'm Angela Stevenson, and Grounded is a series of podcasts about the effects of the pandemic on general aviation in Australia. This one's short and sweet and takes a brief look at something a little different, something that hasn't really been grounded to the same extent as general or commercial aviation in Australia. Drones. CASA includes drones as part of their general aviation remit, and the industry is growing. In this episode, I speak with Jackie Dumovich. Jackie is Director, CEO and Founder of Hover UAV, a drone consulting service that acts to connect the different aspects of the industry. Jackie is also a board member for AAUS, that's the Australian Association for Unmanned Systems. We have a quick chat about what industry and business looked like before the pandemic, how lockdown affected drone businesses, and how she sees the drone industry developing because of the pandemic. Let's find out how, if at all, the pandemic has affected the drone industry. Hi, Jackie, and thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me on, and um, it's really great to talk to you. I don't know an enormous amount about drones, although I did have a brief foray into them myself, gaining a manufacturer-type training certificate for a DJI Phantom back in 2015. Um, So what's the difference between a UAV, an RPA, an RPAS, and a drone? They're all basically the same thing. So an RPA stands for Remotely Piloted Aircraft, and if you add the S on the end, it's Remotely Piloted piloted aircraft systems and the same with UAVs it's unmanned aerial um, vehicles so they're all basically the same things and and you will find that I just a habit I sort of just flick between them all Um, so one moment I do call it a drone and the next moment I call it an RPA so I'm glad you asked that. So what is Hover UAV and how did the business sort of emerge or grow within the industry? Yeah, definitely. We're a drone um, consulting and service company, so we help organisations tackle regulatory hurdles. Um, we, we we look at their compliance um, and efficiency, so we may write their standard operating procedures through to writing complex operations and taking them to that next level. So if they want to fly beyond visual line of sight um, or do anything complex, um, we'll help uh, write that um, write those safety cases for that organisation as well. Uh, we started in 2015 um, and it's come a long way already in such a short period. I've sort of seen like a staged approach, I guess. When I first started, there was a lot of companies saying, wow, look at these drones. Drones can do everything. Um, so there's a lot of drones are going to save the world and a lot of drone trials happened. And um, then we sort of moved to, okay, well, now we look, drones aren't always the best method, but they are good for some things. So there was a lot of people then adding the artificial intelligence or the different sensors on to make that drone drone work even better. Um, and then I'd say over the last year, we saw more the implementation stage. So these organisations have done the trials and realised drones can be an efficient tool um, through to now. Let's make it an everyday tool. So how do we just run it as part of our normal organisation? So that's probably where we're at um, up, up until sort of pre-pandemic. I know CASA oversees the drone industry as part of its GA portfolio. Is it part of the aviation ecosystem or does it sit separately? Yeah, definitely. We are part of the ecosystem, so um, we just don't always have people in in the aircraft. But um, I guess everyone, how how I sort of see it, most people that that access the the air and, and that are in the air that sort of are part of that ecosystem, we all need to work together. 
And what was business looking like before the pandemic? Yeah, it's thriving. Um, it's been really, really positive. We saw a lot of um, international clients coming through to Australia, a um, lot of testing and development. We have we have quite a good regulatory framework here, which, which allowed for a lot of innovation. We saw um, the likes of Google coming out here to do their drone delivery trials. Um, we also saw Uber announce that, uh, like Melbourne, was going to be one of their trial sites as well. So it's definitely sort of a thriving industry. So, so how has the pandemic affected the drone industry or drone businesses? Yeah, look, um, and I actually just saw um, Shane Carmody did a, did a response at, at a conference over the last few days, um, and they, CASA did do a survey about how the ARPAS um, industry has been affected. Um, and look, they, the results came that there was about 8% um, have, have shut down shop, um, and I think it was about 20% that have been affected. Um, in some ways or other. Most of the ways they were infected was um, that they couldn't travel, like across borders. Um, But there was a lot of the industry that hadn't been affected um, or been infected in different ways. So what what we've seen, the companies that have, we've just had to be more creative um, and definitely it's brought collaboration. Um, So we've definitely been able to form some fantastic partnerships around Australia, um, especially when we haven't been able to easily get over to Western Australia or down to Tasmania and things like that. Um, So there has been some positive uh, elements that I've seen come out of it as well. Um, But I definitely haven't seen the the major effect as what you probably have seen in the manned and the manned commercial industry. Mm. We, We haven't seen that in the RPAS industries. And, and has work for those businesses that have slowed, is that in part or somewhat due to border closures? Yeah. Um, look, we have seen that. Obviously, um, a lot of companies can't get across to do all their work in that, so it's definitely slowed for those. But however, um, like us and like lots of other companies, it's a time to be creative. So we've also built a lot of collaborations over the past few months, which has been amazing um, and worked with with other companies that that are like us um, to help move the industry forward altogether. And is is drone usage changing because of the pandemic? I think it is. I mean, look, as as I said, there has been some effect, but there's also seeing new users. Look, um, we've all been working at home over the past few months and and people are seeing, look, can we actually work from home more often? Um, And do we need to be out at those remote sites? And actually, do we need to travel as much as what we've been doing? So we're sort of starting to see people look at the way that they work um, and looking at technology is often, often one of their first like their first thoughts. So um, we're starting to see companies saying, well, actually we can have a drone out there inspecting inspecting that and then the, the live footage or the data can then be fed back to their offices all around Australia instead of having six people fly out to a remote site just to view that. Um, so we're definitely seeing that um, emerging through and even taking it one step further, um, some of the work we've been doing over the past few weeks is working out remote command centres. So actually flying drones from your from your office or from your home and flying them at the sites as well. So I was lucky enough um, earlier in the week to be flying drones over in Israel um, from the comfort of my home. So that was pretty pretty exciting. So I expect to see that though things that I thought may have been a year or two away are probably going to be brought, um, we're going to see them being implemented a lot sooner. Are there, are there other areas that drone usage will emerge even more over the next few years? Look, just thinking of some examples of sort of what we've been asked to sort of explore for organisations this week, it's even from the security fields or or mining or or sort of surveillance. Um, So it can be 
from our major infrastructure, I mean, like even when we're in lockdown, all of our major infrastructure and some of those key components need to keep running. Um, so that's where we, we could definitely see the drones, um, like you could have multiple drones up at once and they can be sort of flying around, collecting that data. Um, and the advancements in, in AI um, at the moment is allowing AI to be over, like overplaced over um, all the footage. So then it can just send alerts out. So if it's to a security firm or if it's through to the engineer to say um, there's a water leak or whatever it may be, um, it, that one piece of data can be fed out to multiple people to, um, to respond to. You just mentioned AI. There was word around in the US that drones could be used uh, by, say, first responders as, as pandemic drones to enforce social distancing and monitor people's temperatures. And I'm not suggesting that that will happen here, or will it? Is there anything happening here like that? It sounds all very sci-fi. Yeah, look, I mean, it can happen. There is a lot of regulatory hurdles that they, they will have to overcome. Um, we are seeing, I think we saw the Western Australian Police starting to utilise it to monitor um, social distancing and also to monitor their beaches to see how many people were in that environment. Uh, we have seen some organisations look at, um, like, if it did get uh, a lot worse, utilising it to spray disinfectant and things like that. Look, not lots happening in that space right at the moment. I mean, this year has been a pretty major year for, look, we've had fires, floods, and now a pandemic. Um, so it's a really good time for, to realise the need for these emergency services and the first responders to take on drone technology and have all of that infrastructure already in place and already tackle a lot of the regulatory hurdles. So then when we do have a disaster, um, they're ready just to fly. And I've also been watching the development of delivering medical supplies to isolated communities in, in America. Pharmacies are delivering to customers in that way uh, by drone, like Google Wing, where Australian drones are beginning to deliver to customers. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Look, we're seeing that all around the world. There's, um, there's a few companies already... Uh, tackling that through Malawi and Vanuatu and places like that. Um, there's definitely a, a market for that um, and there is becoming a regulatory framework in Australia um, for these companies to do it. The Australia took on more a risk-based approach, taking on the, um, the Jarasora um, to do a lot of these complex operations. So I, I believe that we're going to start to see more of that. Um, we do already have the, the Google Wing project, um, for example, flying in Australia. Um, and I think they've been keeping uh, keeping quite busy over the pan pandemic as well, while everyone's at home wanting their extra coffees and things. And what's happening in the drone regulatory space? Yeah, there's lots happening. It's, it's a very busy space. And probably one of the major things for this year is beyond visual line of sight. So companies want to take where we've traditionally been able to always see the RPA um, and manoeuvre away from aircraft want to take it that that one step further um, and fly beyond visual line of sight and that will open up the market for drone deliveries or medical deliveries or humanitarian work and things like that um, so the introduction of, of the SORA process which is what CASA has taken on um, will definitely open that market. So what can we expect from drones in the next year say? Probably some of the stuff I touched on earlier so we're definitely going to see um, it used like for first responders or emergency responses um, and also monitoring critical infrastructure. We realise how, how important that critical infrastructure is even if we can't go to go to the office and things like that. Uh, that those remote flying, so flying from an office, flying that beyond visual line of sight, they're probably the biggest 
um, things that I expect to see over the next year. And in what way can you see that drones and GA can work together, particularly, say, in the collection of data? Yeah, look, linking in, look, ARPAs um, and drones aren't always the best solution. There's still definitely a market for both. Um, there's definitely a totally different experience when you can go up yourself and experience that. Um, so there's definitely a market. So, so I think working together as a whole man and unmanned to bring the industry back is the only way forward. Yes, it will certainly be interesting to see how the UAV industry and general aviation will move forward together and how that will pan out, particularly in light of airspace and sharing of airspace. Look, um, I'm really looking forward to the next stages um, of how the general aviation and the ARPAS industry really join together and, and access the, um, the one spot, as, as I mentioned earlier, beyond visual line of sight and even flying higher to get all the data you need is starting to become popular. So we need to make sure that we're creating an environment where we can all work safely together. Thanks so much, Jackie, for taking the time to chat with me today. That was great. That's all right. It's great to be on. Thanks, Angela. So there you have it. You're almost up to date with what's happening in the UAV industry as we begin to emerge from the grips of the lockdown. I'm Angela Stevenson. I hope you've enjoyed this special edition podcast for rightspeakfly.com. If you're interested in what's happening in general aviation, head on over to rightspeakfly.com and find the rest of the Grounded series. And finally, everyone, never forget how lucky we are to be in this aviation industry. Spread your wings and spread the love of aviation, whatever way you fly. <laughs>